With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We're efforting Coach McBride. We'll see... How things uh, work out there. Hoping to hear from Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, on a Monday. And then Jay Moore with us here at 525-489-1240. The numbers to get in. And can also email the show, Chris, at hailvarsity.com. So that's uh, where we're at uh, with uh, this. It's day one of camp and all sorts of excitement for Nebraska football. Good stuff as we brought it back from Indianapolis. And there's a lot of things to, to look at. You have some comparisons being made by a, a national talking head about Matt Rule in the Brian Kelly mold. <laughs> and listen, you can say and think a lot of things about Brian Kelly, but the guy can coach and he wins and he did well at Notre Dame and he made the jump to LSU and Man, they did it well in year one. So if, if Matt rules another version of Brian Kelly, I am good with that because he develops talent and he wins. And guys who win at Cincinnati uh, tend to do well at their next spots. And let me just say, this this came from Josh Pate, yep. who does the late kick. If you don't know much about him, I really enjoy his podcast. And, uh, Pretty measured. I'm not going to tell you to listen to him before you listen to us, but he is a he is a good podcast. It's host. another it's another podcast to do. Yeah, another great another podcast. Yeah. Another one. That's a good way of putting it, Schmitty. And uh, Josh is a guy that he is not one of those guys in the national media that throws Nebraska's name around to get clicks from Nebraska fans. Among the national media, I think he's probably one of the guys that talks about Nebraska the least. He cares about the teams that really are relevant to the national scene of college football. Who's, who's a playoff contender. That's what he's going to be talking about. And really, he, he's a guy that's from the South. He, he spends a lot of his time talking about the SEC. I'm not to say he hasn't talked about Nebraska ever in his his career as a podcast host, but it's not what he makes his bread, his bread and butter on, you know, getting clicks from the Husker fans. For him to say that, and he got a, a one-on-one sit-down with Matt Rule last week at Big Ten Media Days. For him to go out and, and say that, I mean, I know Brian Kelly's a guy that Josh Pate respects tremendously, and from that, I mean, he hasn't talked all that much about Matt Rule this offseason since the hire. For him to go make that comparison, Josh is one of the guys who's measured in college football and doesn't throw that kind of stuff around willy-nilly. That's a, a big comparison to be made, but I, I can see where he's coming from. Just in terms of, of Brian Kelly, he's usually pretty, 
put together in front of the media. Whenever he shows up at a new stop, you know what? He's going to try to be one of the people. Accent and all. Yeah. My family. Who could forget that? <laughs> I, I mean, do declare. <laughs> I mean, I, I see the comparison that he's making, and obviously the results on the field are the most important part of that comparison. That's what we haven't yet seen. But it's a reasonable comparison to be made to say, you know what? You're a team that's north of – North of the Mason-Dixon line that can put together consistent success every single year, and you have the head coach in place that can do it. So you have Husker David weighing in. You know, I'm not 100%, but I believe the experience and the extra time and work on fundamentals uh, will be the best in the long run. And it kind of goes in reference to Judd weighing in on Teddy P. And that is... An interesting discussion point. There's been some clamoring for the offensive line. We heard from Turner Corcoran earlier today. And uh, you have, uh, and it's fair, just because of the injury situation with Teddy P. Uh, is he the guy to, to make it happen at left tackle? You've got Gatula. You know the Gatula as well. We've covered Southeast for a lot of years here. And Gatula's come in at a really high level uh, and is, is somebody that you don't want to see forced into action before he's ready. But he's a guy you can feel absolutely really good about with uh, development and some seasoning. Elijah, I, I am interested in is all, all get out about the offensive tackle spot because right now, Turner didn't tell us what tackle spot he was working at, but he kind of begrudgingly said, yeah, I'm working at tackle, not mm-hmm. guard, because you're – Kind of loaded up at guard. I think you know who the guards are going to be this year. And, you got Piper and, and Newelli. There was some doubt in my mind about Piper until he's a representative at Big Ten Media Days. That that says something from the coaching Sealed staff about for the you. confidence that they have in a guy in Ethan Piper. We knew Nuri. We saw him two years ago. He's a guy that I have a lot of trust in and mm-hmm. his ability to, to play that left guard spot. It was the right guard spot that I was unsure about because the question was, well, if Nuri has to move over to the right side, that leaves the left guard spot open. Is that Turner's spot now at left guard? But at left tackle, it seems like you're going to have a position battle between Teddy Prohaska and Turner Corcoran to be that guy. And then elsewhere on the offensive line, I think you kind of know down the line who is going to be where. Because you have Nuri, who has experience at left guard, has been there before. He's coming back now after another year under his belt, as we, we said here, to get some 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 more work done in the offseason, get some more polish on his game. Ben Scott, the transfer coming in at center. At right guard, well, you sent Ethan Piper to Big Ten Media. I think that means you expect him to be a contributor this year. And that right tackle, probably Ben Hart. See, what, what I like is, assuming things hold true, where you've got a, a healthy Teddy and a Teddy that stays healthy, on that left side. You have Turner that can swing because he's played both spots. Or if if Ben Hart just doesn't get it done, and I know he's worked his butt off and he's he's got some preseason all Big Ten pro- projection. So the the frame is there. The talent is is there as the number one player in Minnesota. You get him in that recruiting win. You have a you need a third tackle. I think back to what Nebraska had, where you had Searles and Qualley, and who else was the third tackle they had? They had three guys they they rotated in. Uh, was it A Rod or was he a guard? Help me out here. Uh, Rodriguez was a guard. guard. Should I just pull up the roster for you? You're fine. You had uh, you had another kid out of Hastings, I think, that was Stirrup. Right? Oh, yeah, extra up. Yes, yeah, sir. So you, so, you had, so, you had, so you had those three guys and, and guys anchoring down. No, I think 
I think Ted, what I what I didn't see move moving forward was like the last great Nebraska win, and that was the fifty six to seven blowout of Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what you had briefly was Teddy and Turner on that left side. You had Turner at guard. You had Teddy at, at left tackle. And wow, I think you're good with Ben Scott at center, clearly. And the Nebraska's job right now is is to keep developing a guy in, in Turner Corcoran to, to be ready. Left, right, win the job, be a guy that gets in and contributes if, if they rotate in. And you just, you just don't know. You need a guy like Turner to be ready to either win the job outright at left or right or come in if the injury bug bites again. It's not really bent, bit Ben Hart, but it has bitten Teddy. And, and you're sick for him because there's all sorts of talent uh, in that body for him. And, and just the mentality these guys have moving forward with a second year under Riola where they are going to fire off the ball. It's not going to be a situation where they're they're hung out to dry and they're one-dimensional theoretically. They don't want to be on offense. Nebraska's best and most useful play was finding Palmer deep, right? Well, new offense, new quarterback, quarterback that's at 230 in, in Sims, it's got to be durable himself. So, yeah, big question marks. Uh, you've got... Scott that is has come in and he's like one of the old guard and then you've got some good options. You still have Lutowski at, at a guard spot. You still have some some of those options. So it seems like you got three folks for the spots aside from center with Scott. Well, and I, I feel like there's a great way to take pressure off of your offensive tackles, and that's be damn good at running the football. If you're damn good at running the football, you know what that edge rusher is going to do on third and three? He's got to play his run keys. He's not going to be pinning his ears back on, on third and long and trying to come around that corner and beat you're you. You're down in distance is important? A hundred percent. As a former offensive tackle, not at a very high level, but as a former offensive tackle, I can say, man, you know what sucks? Third and 14, whenever that edge rusher gets to go line up 10 yards outside of you, pin his ears back and use the athleticism. I'm fat, man. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get there. I'm, I'm going to try and make my way outside with that kick step and just pray that I don't or, get nailed for holding. Or, or worse yet, the defense can say, ah, we're not too worried about the run. We can bring in our, our skinny fast guy to come around the edge because he doesn't have to go play his run keys. He can just go beat you with speed around the outside. What a defense can do based on down and distance can really hamper you in your offensive line. When you think back to Nebraska's offensive line last year, if it was anything greater than second and seven, they're going to throw the football. And if they throw the football on second and seven, if it's not a first down, they're going to be throwing the football again. Defensives were able to pin their ears back against that Nebraska offensive line. So you want to take some pressure off the guys that have struggled in recent years and in Corcoran and Ben Harton. Maybe, God forbid, you'd prefer it if it didn't happen. But if you have to throw a guy like Gunnar Gatula into the fire, you'd prefer it if he's not going up against the, the, the who's who edge rushers in the Big Ten that just get to pin their ears back. And if there is any consolation in this, Nebraska avoids the top edge rushers in the conference this year for the most part. You have to face... Uh, the, the Stewart guy out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. He was preseason all Big Ten. And then there's a kid out of Illinois as well whose name is Illinois has got some dudes that, that Levy's loaded up. And mm-hmm. you have, you've had the last two years, Elijah, of top 15 defenses and first through third round picks. That, that Mafe guy from Minnesota was a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had your, your Michigan freak shows off the edge that were no good to deal with. 
Ohio State's guys. Uh, Scott chimes in. You got to get the big Lutowski. I like that, not the big Lebowski, on the field. So, yeah, they're, they're all working. I mean, you've got guys that have been a part of the program. There's been a lot of starts together. We'll see. And they'll get a test, man, because Minnesota's going to want to punish Nebraska offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be what that 7 o'clock kickoff's all about. Bring the ice. Uh, take the under and try and get out of Dodge with a 21-17 win or a 14-10 or a 17-10, whatever it may be. But you got a quarterback that is going to be a difference maker on those unscripted if it does break down off the edge theoretically. And that's another thing that, that takes some pressure off of your offensive line is that ability to have a quarterback that can scramble. Or you know mm-hmm. what? He can pull the ball on, on first and ten. And you lose a defender that way. You're going around the corner and you pick up eight yards. There's ways to take the pressure off your offensive line. And Nebraska didn't utilize any of them last year. Mm -hmm. So that should be noted when we have this conversation about the improvement of the offensive line. Get to some emails here. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Can dial up 489-1240, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Can join the show that way. More of your comments coming in. On the stream, who's on the horn? We go to Pete on the line. Pete, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. How are you doing today? We're good, man. Excited that day one of camp is uh, behind us. Uh, one of the questions I have on offense, the offensive line, do you know if they're going to be a zone blocking team or are they going to be a assigned blocking team this year? Uh, we will ask Coach Riola when he's there, but I, I the, think the plan was was they firing off the football, not zone block, and they're they're going straight assignment, being more of a power football team. That was the plan. Now it should always be noted that anything before game one of your first season in charge, you know what? Some of that stuff can be stuff you're telling the media, but I I tend to believe based on what we saw in the spring game and based on Coach Riola's history that they're going to be firing off the ball. They'll be playing more of a power scheme. Mm-hmm. I guess, in my opinion, I think this year's success is going to depend upon injuries. Uh, in a large part, and uh, the second part will be how much does the players buy in to the new system. If they buy in and work really hard, we could have a pretty good year. Uh, But uh, I think a lot of it's going to depend on that. Well, and that's what's so key about that opener against Minnesota, Colorado. What's your record look like as you get towards Michigan? Uh, Do you stumble? A tough, tough draw. Pete, thanks for the phone call. Tough reality with with having to open up for a third straight year on the road against a Big Ten West team. You had Bielema's debut for Illinois. You had the Ireland roadie where the Guinness was incredible. That was it. And then you you open up this year with Minnesota. Yeah, injury is going to be key, but can you get to the end of September at three and one? Uh, Two and two would hurt, but it's better than what the alternative has been. I mean, they've they've had some really tough September starts, even against some of the, all right, uh, we'll pay you a million and come on in here for the uh, the old W. And that wasn't always the case when you look at George Southern. And I guess I understand Pete's point about injuries, but you also have to understand that in a football season, injuries are going to happen. Whenever you look around the Big Ten and some of Nebraska's opponents in recent years, it's about execution, and there's that next man, man up, next man up mentality that so many other teams we've seen it from that we haven't quite seen it from Nebraska. I mean, you mentioned that that Brett Bielema opener, it's Arthur Sitkowski. 
leading Illinois up and down <laughs> they, the field, the backup a, quarterback that we didn't guy. talk about all week long. No. But they went next man up, and he was able to go out there and execute the offense. I mean, look at Donovan Edwards last year against Ohio State. Blake Corum goes down, and he's able to go up there and, and fill his shoes because he's able to execute and do the things that they had practiced all week long. And and sure, there's a piece of that of, of having some depth and being able to build that through years, but it's also about practicing the right way and being confident in your two deep that, you know what, if a starter goes down, we have a guy that he might not be as good, but we're still confident in him to execute. I don't think Nebraska's had that in the past no, couple years. No, was smart enough to say, we're going to lean on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to lean on Brown. We're going to find the tight end. We're going to make the throws easy. Art, don't turn the damn football over. Otsikowski <laughs> beat you. The name that will live on forever in my memory. Because I remember watching that game being like, we didn't talk about this dude once. I don't know anything about Art Sitkowski. <laughs> we didn't know if Art was going to be able to handle the snap. He was. He handed off and he hit some play action. That, that Illinois offense looked like the best in the country for about a quarter and a half. Yeah, and then the old strip sack. Take a drink. Hit your bingo card. We'll get some thoughts from Jay Moore. We'll try and run Coach McBride down tomorrow. Hail Varsity continues on a Monday. And we're presented by Currency.